thank you for the grace and understanding that you gave unto us. Father, we say, be exalted in the name of Jesus Christ. We say, to you be the praise and glory, Lord God. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed. In Jesus' name. The book of Proverbs, chapter 9, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So we are going to pray as we start this new month that everything we are, God is going to instruct us today, we will take to heart. That every revelation that will come forth today, that our hearts will respond to it. We are wise, but with what we're going to hear this month, we'll be wiser in the mighty name of Jesus. And in our hearing, we will understand. And in our understanding, we will have the ability to do everything that the Lord will instruct us, even in this month, in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you lift up your voices and pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you, for this is the beginning of another month. We thank you, O Lord Almighty, for giving us the privilege, the opportunity to witness today, O Lord. We say thank you, O Lord Almighty, as we gather together again in your presence today, O Lord, to hear you, to listen to your word. The Bible says, instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Father, Lord Almighty, we pray that you will instruct us today, O Lord, and in your instructions we shall be wiser in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says, teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. Father Lord Almighty, teach us today, O Lord Almighty, in the mighty name of Jesus, that today we will have to our learning of your word, of your ways, O God, in the mighty name of Jesus. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Father Lord Almighty, we pray that you will open our minds to understand the scriptures today, in the mighty name of Jesus. As your word shall come forth, O Lord, our hearts will respond in the mighty name of Jesus. You will open our eyes to see. You will open our ears to hear. You will touch our minds to know today in the mighty name of Jesus. As we start this new month, oh Lord, you will start a new thing in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Father Lord Almighty, we pray that you will add to our learning today, that our hearts will respond to your word in the mighty name of Jesus. You will give us revelation, revelation of your word. Oh Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray that you will help us, O Lord, as we start this new month to align our heart desires, O Lord, to your will and your purpose for our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, open our eyes, O Lord. Open our ears, O Lord. Father, Lord, we pray that you reveal to us that which you want us to do this month. In the mighty name of Jesus, strengthen us, O Lord Jehovah, to do your will this month. Strengthen us, O Lord Jehovah, to walk in your ways, O Lord Jehovah. Father, Lord Almighty, we say thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you all adoration because we know you are a faithful God. Because we know you will do a new thing in our lives, O God. You will instruct us, O Lord, and we will respond in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a glorious month we are. I'm going to read to us from the book of Exodus chapter 12, and that is our scripture for this great month. In verse 13, it says, And the blood will be a sign for you. Amen. 
I said the blood shall be a sign for you. On the houses where you are. And when I say the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive place will touch you. No destructive place will touch your children. No destructive place will touch your husband, your wife, every member of your family. Everything that stands contrary to the promise of God will not happen to you in this month. You're going to lift up your voice according to that scripture. That scripture says, when I see the blood, you know the significance of the blood. The blood will be an identification in your life in this month. The blood will be an identification in your family in this month. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Thank God for this great and awesome month. It's the month of Passover. Everything that the Lord has not planned shall pass over you in the name of Jesus. Every destructive thing shall pass over you in the name of Jesus. Diseases pain, the sin, everything that God has not planted in you. Judge says, and I and my father will come and uproot anything that is. Lift up your voice and say, yes Lord, it's the month of Passover. Everything shall pass over in the name of Jesus. Everything that will not glorify God will pass over in the name of Jesus. Sicknesses shall pass over you in the name of Jesus. The deformity shall pass over you in the name of Jesus. Anything that will not glorify God, I say, they will pass over you in the name of Jesus. Glory, you will be victorious in this moment. Lift up your voice. You will be victorious. Your children will be victorious. Your grandchildren will be victorious. Your wife will be victorious. Your husband will be victorious. Every member of your family will be victorious. Everything God has not planted in them will not be part of their life in the name of Jesus. There will be an intensification in your life in this month. There shall be newness in your life in this month. The name of the Lord will be glorified through your lips. You will open up your mouth. You will speak. And the heaven shall hear you in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and say, Yes, Lord, in this month, O oh Lord, there shall be manifestation in every areas of your life. You will be victorious in the name of Jesus. You rise up gallantly every day in this month. The name of the Lord will be glorified through your lips in this month. Everything that God has spoken concerning you will be made manifest in this month in the name of Jesus. Everything that will not glorify God, I say, they will pass over in the name of Jesus. There shall be a new beginning in you in this month. Ability and strength shall come upon you in this month. And the name of the Lord will be glorified. Father, we give you praise and honor and adoration. We magnify your name, O Lord God. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. I can hear your amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We have received direction for this month. This is the month of Passover. But yesterday, Apostle was prophesying... And he declared that this month, the dam has been broken. And water is gushing out. And he says that we are prophetic people. The moment he starts prophesying, we have to visualize it. We need to see with the eye of the Spirit what God is saying to the church in this season. This is, our church, this is the season of revival. It's the season of men hungry for God. It's a season of sight. So I want us to pray. The scripture says in the book of Isaiah chapter 41, and I read from verse 17. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongue are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, the God of Christ's faith tabernacle, will not forsake them. And will make rivers flow on barren heights. And spring within the valley. I will turn the desert into pools of water. 
and the patch ground into spring. And we put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. And we set juniper in the wasteland, the far and the cypress together, so that people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel have created it. I want us to pray. We are in the second quarter of the year 2023. I want us to pray that today as we begin the journey of this second quarter, rain down your spirit upon us, O God. Enable us, O God, to have a fresh hunger and a thirst for God. Open up our eyes in this season to begin to see what God has already determined in the realm of the spirit that will happen to yourself and to me and to church. Let's lift up our voice and begin to pray. Father, we thank you for the prophetic word that have gone forth, oh God, into Christ's faith tabernacle worldwide. Thank you, Father, because you never left us in the dark. Thank you, Father, for the direction that you have given us as a church. Thank you, Father, God, for the Spirit of God that is bursting forth, the water and the dam of God that is bursting forth, and the river is flowing, oh God, Father God, into every life. Father, giving life to those who are dead, giving life to the hopeless, giving life to the confused, Taking life and sight, oh God, to the blind. And so, Father God, you said, oh God, that you will cause rivers to flow on barren heights. We pray, Father, as we journey into this fourth, second quarter of the year, we ask, oh God, that you will rain down fire, rain down your power, rain down your glory, rain down the river of the living water of God. Let it flow into every dry places. Let there be a fresh hunger upon every saint of God today. My God, we pray for fresh hunger. We pray for fresh hunger upon every sons and daughters. Father God Almighty, we pray for a fresh thirst for God. We pray that God of heaven, let the water that comes from the dam of God, let it flow into us and let it open up our eyes to the realm of the spirit. We want to see what heaven of God is showing, what heaven is revealing, and never us to perceive in the realm of the spirit. Open our eyes, oh God, Father, to see, and never us to see clearly. Remove every blindness from our eyes. Let us see into the realm of the spirit. Let us hear what the spirit of God is saying to the church. The scripture says, he that have ears, let him hear what the spirit of God is saying to the church. My father, this is the time of the outburst of your spirit. You said in the last days, you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. My God, it's not by might, it's not by power. We need a fresh touch from heaven. Father, to run this race in this second quarter of the year. And so, Father, we pray for the outburst of your spirit upon us. Let your river flow into every family. Let your river flow into every life. Let your river flow to the thirsty. Let your river flow to the hungry. Let the river flow, the river of your spirit. The river that make glad the city of God. Let your river begin to flow. Let it begin to flow. Let it begin to flow. No longer are we complacent. No longer are we lukewarm. But Lord, we pray that the spirit of God will flow through us. In the name of Jesus. That these eyes, these physical eyes will be opened into the realm of the spirit. Sight to be given. Hearing of God we will hear. Lord, in sin we will see. My God, I pray, Father God, that there will be a fresh revelation from heaven. In the name of Jesus. Let the heaven wide. Let the heaven 
heaven, oh God, begin to burst open and let righteousness fill the whole earth in the name of Jesus. Father, in this month, oh God, Father, of Passover, we decree and declare that we will go forth, oh God, and minister salvation to the lost. My Lord, I pray for a fresh hunger, oh God, to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let it come upon us. A fresh compassion from God. A fresh unction from heaven. In the name of Jesus, that will empower us to move in the realm of the Spirit. That we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. My God, I pray that in this month, oh God, we want to see supernatural signs and wonders. We want the eyes of the blind to see. We want the ears of the ear to hear. We want the lame to walk. We want the tongue to speak in the name of Jesus. We pray for revelation knowledge to be given to each and every one of us. You said, oh God, he that believe in God and the scripture has said, you said out of his belly we flow rivers of living water. Father, let the river of God begin to flow through us right now. Let the river begin to flow through us right now. The river of revelation, the river of knowledge and understanding and insight in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Praise the Lord tonight. Praise Jesus once again. I don't think that hallelujah is that. Praise the Lord tonight, amen. Laughing, shouting, praise that you see yesterday. You will see them no more. If you don't understand what I'm saying, I can say to your neighbor, the Egyptian that pursued you yesterday as you enter the first day of the month, you shall see them no more. You shall see them no more. You shall see them no more. Moses stretched out his hands over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing towards it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. All your Egyptians that have pursued you from the beginning of this year, this year yet yeah, to this very time, they'll be swept into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of, uh, of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the, the Egyptians. And the Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the, uh, the Israelites saw the great power of the Lord. You will see the great power of the Lord tonight. When they saw the great power of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him. And in Moses, his servant, it shall come to pass that this shall be a testimony as we enter this month in Jesus' name. With that in mind, I want us to stretch forward, lift up our right hand and read the book of Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, 
the world and all that dwelleth therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his heart to what is false, nor swear deceitfully. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Amen. Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness. And joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth is speaking praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Amen.
From tonight, in the next three days, we are going to be, co- co- you know, you know, we are going to be concentrating on working in victory. God spoke to me, and let me tell you, you are prophetic people. You have prophetic ears, <laughs> and you hear the prophetic God. God spoke to me and take care of this. Anybody who is at home watching me, and you are supposed to be here, it's a pity that you chose to do that, because this is April. It's different from all months. However, I will ask you to buy from me obedience to God. First, second, third is covenant days with Christ with Tabernacle. And the last Friday, covenant days. There are things that God told me to do. Because I want you to be very sensitive that we have entered into the year of promise. Because this year we are is where we'll be 40. Before the years that Jesus appeared to me. Isn't it? 84 February plus 40 is when? 20, 24 February. 40 is transition. So it's no, it's not, this is not a time that, oh, the prophecy is talking about some distant time. No, we already have entered into it. And I want every one of us who believe that God has called them to Christ with Tabernacle not to take God for lightly. To recognize that when people stand at the train station and the train is supposed to start, to start journey by a particular time, let's say 9 o'clock, and you have all been there since 6 a.m., and now some people get out of the ball in the train and they are chatting and then when it's almost nine they started going in and some people said that no 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 i will go in a nice shop what happens to them is that the door shuts you know when they shut the door the man at the station don't open door for anybody the train starts moving because the train has to move exactly by its time if anybody sits at home at this time may your own not sit at home with you because God is not a respecter of man and there shall be no favoritism. But for every one of you who are good listeners, come on, I can hear the storm and I can hear the cloud rumbling and rain is coming. I say rain is coming. <laughs> now when God has spoken, He has begun to do in the midst of Christ in Tabernacle. Put your hands together for the living God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, thank you to God. He always gives us victory. It's not Christ with Abadaku talking now. I say, say thanks be to God. He always gives, I'm not thinking it, I want to teach. He always gives us victory. I know that your, your hand is too fast on that thing. You will, you will sing that song when we get there. But now, I want to speak to you. And I will tell you what God is saying for these three days. Put your hands together with the choir, please. As they go to take their seats. Amen. Amen. It's a long time you sang it. You see yourself now. <laughs> Pregnant of possibilities. <laughs> Hallelujah. Greatness. Possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I've obtained it. To obtain it. on the pedal <laughs> and don't hold the brake yet <laughs> wow we thank God for what God is doing to Christ the tabernacle in this season tell somebody my time has come you know sometimes when you see those people who have tiny you, you, you wish you, you, you think you can do it of course first and when you hang in catenary you begin to wonder you know what's going on with me <laughs> Amen. God has a plan for your life, and that plan shall be. You know, God has been speaking to us when we were reading the book of Joshua, Moses and Joshua. Something very, very affirmative came out from the studies. That is, we recognize that God did not call Moses until he was old. A man of 80? How can a man of 80 think... He can achieve purpose on earth any longer. But when God appeared to him in the burning bush, he renewed the whole of his body. Because his commission has just begun. God spoke to Abraham, you know, at young age of 70. You know, some 70 are still, you know, active and stuff. And God never came back to him until 29 years. And at 29th year that God would come to him, he was 99. He was bent over because Sarah spoke about it. How can my, my master, now that we are bent over, 
And all his bodies have failed him. And then God came and said, What I was talking to you a few days ago, to God, 30 years is just a few days ago. He said, Now it will happen next year. And Abraham laughed. He said, Did you laugh, Abraham? Lord, I'm sorry. I don't laugh at you, but I laugh at myself. He said, Don't you see the way I am? So God said, let's go to your wife. And God spoke so that the wife can hear. And Sarah laughed. So it's not Abraham, it's not Sarah only who laughed. Abraham laughed too. He first laughed. And then God said, I tell you both, though you are bent over, all your organs have filled you. Next year is the year. And the moment God departed, Abraham that was bent over, straightened out. Sarah that her breast was flat, no more water. Suddenly shut up. They woke up into a new reality. CFT will wake up into a new reality by tomorrow. Everything that God has written concerning you will be fulfilled. So let's look at this lecture from the angle and the eye of First Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 57. First Corinthians 15, 57. Shall we all stand up on our feet as we read these scriptures, 57, together? Shall we? But thanks be to God. He gives us victory. Say it again. Now read it to yourself. Let me hear you better. Please be seated. Yesterday, as I was walking into you, God said to me to teach you walking in victory. Because God is a God that always gives victory. That is his bag, part of the bargain done. But when God gives you victory, the Bible has catalog of information to tell you to maintain the victory. And what we are looking at is how to live continuously in the victory that God has wrought. There's no more time for me today to deal with quite a few things, but I think maybe tomorrow and, and Friday we'll look at some scenarios in the Bible. But you must know this as a believer in Christ, that every battle that faces you, victory has been determined before the battle showed up. Are you with me? I say any battle that confronts you, the first thing that should come to your mind is this. For God to permit this battle, victory has been decided in heaven. Alright? So, your battle, every battle of your life must end up in victory. That's the reason why the Bible says in the scripture of 57 of 15 chapter of 1 Corinthians, thanks be to God, he gives us victory. He always gives us victory. He always gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you look at it, yesterday we were talking about some attributes of victory which we'll look into today. The next verse, verse 58 says, Therefore, shall we read together, Therefore, 
Stop. Some people get blessing from God. They seek God so much before they get it. And once they got it, they relax. That's why Satan stole it. Or Satan met it up. That scripture says, because God gives you victory, therefore, you who receive the victory, stand firm. God, God, God fought battle for Israel. God didn't maintain the land for them. Because you read it in Joshua that they left some people, they didn't kill them, until today they are, the enemy is living among them. A believer must stand. And I will explain more about this stand. And it says, let nothing move you. Come on now. Stand, not just stand, but stand firm in your faith. I mean, it, it looks strange. If God gave you something that you could not attain, is it not a fair game that you should stand with God to make sure that what God has given you, you maintain it? Is anybody that doesn't bath here, is God who bath you? You don't wash your mouth. God wash your mouth. No, He gave you mouth. He gave you body. You have to take care of the body. If you see people that others want to come near them because they smell well, they, they look clean and tidy, and others people are, you know, when they come in, people don't want to come too close to them because their mouth is smelling. Why? Because it is your own duty to wash your mouth. It is your duty to bath your body, not to be top-tailing day after day and you are smelling. You don't know. When you smell to yourself, you don't smell it anymore. The people will be repelled from you. And you wonder why they, why they, why, why don't they, you can't go and close. The one that is confident, if it is me, I will say that you are smelling. Yes, I will tell you. It is your mouth the odor is coming from. Because I owe to tell you the truth. If you don't like me for the truth, that's your business. But what I know, I tell you. Maybe you need medical attention. I will tell you that. And if I, tell me. You see, your body is given to you by God, but you take care of it. When God created Amad and Eve and put them in the beautiful garden, he said, take care of the garden. Take care of the garden. So when God gives anything to you, it is your duty to keep it. God gives you grace, alright, but it's for you to find it to flame. He gives you gift. You find it to flame. God don't find it to flame. So, a good number of believers have gotten victory and they lost it because they stood firm and got the victory with God. And after God gave it to them, they went back into their normal life. Or let me say, normal earthly life, but abnormal spiritual life. A person who is doesn't stand for as a Christian is abnormality in Christianity. Because we are born to, to seek the face of God, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, and with all our mind, with all our soul. And if we don't do that, we are abnormal. So, Paul in this scripture says, because God always gives you victory through Jesus Christ, therefore, my dear brother, stand firm, let nothing move you. <clears throat> always give yourself what? Fully to the work of who? God. Don't let work stop you. Don't let wife stop you. Don't let husband stop you. Nothing should hinder you from God's work. Marriage don't reach there. Where marriage ceases 
is when it becomes you and God. Am I talking to you? A marriage that will contend with my God, that marriage better stay outside my window. Am I talking to you? Because when I die, I die alone. I don't die with wife. And if we die together, we go different ways. Some people made a mistake and said, and said marriage first is not marriage first. Never did the Bible say that. God first and then marriage. God first and then everything in marriage you can do without it. But you cannot do without God himself. So God did not give you marriage to take his place from you. Everyone that says marriage first, they are liars. Really they are blind and their eyes are plastered over. When you came, did you come with wife or husband from your mother's womb? So when you go, will you take them along? When death knocks your door and says to the husband, come, he will say, wait for me, let me take my wife. If the man wants to die and he took the wife, the wife will say, no, no, darling, no, darling, you go first, I will go in my own time. I was in a, I was, I was asking the hospital to come and pray with somebody before in the hospital. And I was praying with the, with the, with the man, you know, who we have been praying for three days, three times I've been there, and we are believing God for his, 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 his resurrection, God to heal him, paralyzed from neck. And the Lord told me that this man is going now. And I called the pastor who took me there and whispered to him that, hey, pastor, the angels that will take this man, look at them, they are here. And the wife was still using her hand to stroke the man. Hey, darling, the Lord will heal you. We will believe that. And the Lord will heal you. And he was saying, you know, call him dear and everything, using his hand to rob the man. And so, and we were there. And so I said, I said, I, you know, I gave farewell to the man because we led him to Christ already that I will meet you in paradise. And I said things like that. And the woman looked at me. And as she was looking at me, her hand was still on the husband. And the spirit left through the nose. And so, I wiped his face. And then I looked at the woman. I said, your husband is just going to paradise. I said, he's just gone. I said, let's go and call the doctor to come and check him and do the right job. She removed the hand from the man. You know, she had been stroking the man. She moved her hand from the man. She held firm on me. Because she has this belief that he's ghost, he's ghost. He's, no, he's not ghost. This guy had gone. He's not ghost. He's gone to the Lord. Because he, he repented before his death. What I'm telling you therefore is this. What will separate you from your husband or wife Alright? Which is death. It is death, isn't it? So, how then can you put your wife or your husband before God? It's not, it's not family marriage first. It's God first. I hope husband and wife hear me. I didn't hear a response. I can't hear you say yes. Anybody who takes God first will enjoy the marriage. 
Evidence that God is false is that God is false before your marriage and you as a representative of God will do everything according to what God wants in your marriage. When you miss your priority, that's when you shipwreck. I will love my wife because God commanded me to do so. Not because I want to love her. No, 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 no. It is God's command for me to love my wife like myself. I will not do to my wife anything I will not do to myself because God commanded it. And because I love God so much, I must obey all what God said. That is what caused me to forbear my wife. That is what caused me to love my wife. Take God out of the equation. Man is useless. Am I talking to you? So if somebody is facing marriage before God, that marriage will be destroyed eventually. Because God will prefer you not to be married again and go to heaven than for marriage to hinder you from going to heaven. God is not interested in you going to heaven. And that's why when he asked Jesus Christ, what is the, what is the greatest law? He said, thou shalt love your wife and your children. Is that what the Bible says? So what did he say? The Lord your God, with all your heart, Then the next thing he says, thy like it is what? Your neighbor as yourself. And who is your first neighbor? Your wife or husband. That's your first neighbor. The word neighbor there does not mean the next door. No, no, neighbor begins in the house. Neighbor, go and check the meaning. Those of you who did law, neighbor principle, the, the, the qualification about neighbor is anybody who when you take an action, all right, could be affected by your action. It's your neighbor. And such a person must be a person that you must have had in your contemplation that your action can affect them before you act. Neighbor principle, Atkinson or Atkins. Now listen to me there. The first person my conduct can affect on earth is my wife. So if I don't know to love God, I cannot know to love her. Am I talking to you? If, I, if a woman does not know to really love God, he cannot understand what love is. Love is not sexual intercourse. Forget about that. That is, that, is, that is not what it is. Love cannot be explained by the physical, but love controls the physical. Am I talking to you? You can't grab love, but you can hope someone you love. But you cannot really love anybody unless you truly love God. So God first. Now listen to me, therefore. That scripture says to me that because God always gives me victory, command, I should stand firm. And do not allow anything to stop my stand in God and with God. Now everything that is written about Victory, when I read them to you now, you discover that all of them are derived from this basis. Alright? Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in who? Shall not be what? Shall not be what? Shall not be what? Say amen. <laughs> so, to live in continuous victory, that is, you had victory and it remains with you for life. 
You must know how to take your stand in such a way that nothing, tribulation, trial, sorrow, tragedy, blessing, cannot affect your stand with God. And then your commitment to the work of God, to the work of God, I'm telling you, huh? I always say something. <clears throat> if you want God to work for you, where is your name in his employment? Eh? No, no, it's reasonable. You want me to work for you? Are you working for me? What, what in you have you contributed to God that God can look as a reference of your own labor so that God can reward you when he's blessing you? So if you don't have reference for God to, to bless you, what prayer are you praying for blessing? It can't be answered. It cannot be answered. Every blessing has condition. Am I talking to you? Here God says, if a man wants to live in continuous victory, he should show his record of his labor, his work of the Lord that he's doing. That is not talking about ministers. He's talking about Christians. He's talking about Christians. So, to live a life of continuous victory, you must have something you are doing. <coughs> Let me say this to you. In church, this is somebody standing here. We didn't tell them to stand. They are called protocols. They decided what to do. But it's okay for us. It's not just standing here as, as looking at you. They train them. As they are looking at me, they are looking at you. If anybody runs suspiciously, they must rack him to the ground first. Disarm him. Yeah. It can happen in church. You think somebody is coming for anointing. Well, it's, it's have an intention. Even before you rebuke him, you have thought that, you know, they are there to make sure that there is sanity. Somebody wants to disturb service. They just take the person out by the grace of God. You have these people standing sitting here. They call them choir. We want to sing now. If I start singing now, they are the one who carry it. Nobody will tell them to, to take the song. And they will just take it. Because it's their job. They are worshippers. In the Bible, you have others standing around here and moving around you. They are colossians. Somebody, look at them on the camera. They are called media. Somebody is the one who is behind this audio voice for you to hear. They have been here. They will, they will come here an hour before to prepare the whole sanctuary. Is that not the job of Zechariah? Which made him see an angel. Yes? And you have them all over the whole place. Excuse me. What is your own work in the house of faith? What is your work? If God were to appear today and say that, yes, Mr. This, this is what he does. Yes, Mr. This is what he does. When they introduce you, what can God introduce you as doing in his house? Evangelism, you didn't come. Intercessors, you didn't come. Even the covenant meeting God told you, you are watching on Zoom. May you not get Zoom blessing. Ah, I tell you, <laughs> Satan is at large against the church. Come on now. When the Bible says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, is like all put upon the head of Aaron because they are together. When the Bible says that in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, but they were together. When the Bible says in the book of Acts 2 that when the day of Pentecost has come, they were together in one place. And the book of Acts chapter 2, it says, that, you know, it, says, it says that they continue to attend the temple daily. 
Come on, listen to me. You want to live in victory? This is what God says. Your stand, your walk, your credentials in the house of God. And your stand, that is uncontroversial. There is nothing that can hinder your stand or shake your stand. You may have money, you stand. You may not have money, you stand. You may have job, you stand. You, you may lose your job and you are still standing. You may even lose your health and you are standing. But it tells you something. If you are standing, anything that contests with that stand and you continue to stand will give way for your standing. And that is continuous victory. Now, let me take you through, through scriptures. I want us to pray more today, but I want you to pray from an informed position. Let me take you through a few scriptures. Yesterday, we looked at 1 Peter, chapter 5, 8 to 10. Someone tell me the most significant word I said when you looked at that 1 Peter. Pardon me? Say it loud. Say it loud. A lot. You are God's student, I tell you. A lot. He said, be self, chapter 5, verse 8, be self-controlled and a lot. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. So, why should we be a lot? Because Satan is prying around, hiding and locking, looking for an opportunity to strike you. Before I open you up to this, this is the reason why I said to you that, you know, you better be careful the fashion you follow. They do their hair this way, be careful. If you follow them to do their hair that way, if that way of hair doing is from the devil, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you cannot marry the daughter of Satan and deprive Satan from collecting dowry. He is the father-in-law already. Am I talking to you now? What are you looking for? To look good. The one you had before does not look good. Your natural appearance does not look good. Why do you think that you have to cosmetic yourself so much as to deform your, your real appearance that God created you and you look good? Be careful. Be careful. Someone says, show me in the Bible. I'm showing you in the Bible. I'm showing you in the Bible. What does Romans say? Do not be unequally what? With unbelievers? Yes? Yes? Someone says that, no, 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 that is your good unbelievers. What does Romans I think it's chapter, chapter 12 in Romans. Let's see Romans 12. And let's read it from verse 1. Shall we? Therefore, uh-huh. So if you dress as a, as a child of God, you first look at yourself in the mirror that does this please God. If it doesn't please God, how do you do it then? Do I look God, not look good? If you look God, we look good, man. Why should a Christian engage in appearance that is controversial and we begin to generate mind, evil thoughts in people? So, whose side are you? You have just been enlisted into the army of Satan. To shipwreck and mislead some people. And say, well, if this, if this person is a Christian and is doing like this, then, you know, it doesn't matter. What if I become a Christian, what will change? So let me be as I am. But this scripture is so clear. It says, in view of God's mercy, in another words, for God's mercy to remain for you, the condition is 
you must offer your body not to tattoo. But as a living sacrifice, dead to the world, but alive in God. That's living sacrifice. And pleasing to God. This is your what? Spiritual act of worship. Come on, let's look at the next verse, what he says. Shall we together? Do not conform. Uh-huh. So can come and say to me that I don't even know what God is doing with me. When you are doing your own will. No, if you are doing the will of God, you must be able to test and approve what God is doing. Oh, this my life is just going haywire. No, it will go haywire. Not only wire. Let me tell you something. Whatever you sell your mind to, you remember? Whoever controls you is the person you gave your mind to. And whoever controls your mind controls your life. Your prayer cannot deliver you from such because you are under a different master. Anyone who engages himself with civilian affairs will not satisfy his commanding officer. That's what Paul says. If you are a Christian, set your mind on the things above, the Bible says. Alas! Alas! That's the first verse. Self-control is the second verse. No, 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 no. Go back to my Corinthian, uh, to my Roman. Do not conform any longer. That is controlling yourself. All right? But be ye transformed. All right? Transformation is not doing the old things better. It's doing a new thing completely. Those of you who did mathematics, you recognize that. Translation and transformation is representing the same object, but in a different atmosphere. In a different coordinates. That's transformation. And this scripture tells you that, that we can attain transformation by only one way. Renewing our mind. Renewing our mind. Renewing our mind. When we go to the next scripture, I say taking every thought captive. And that's why we're going to stop. It says, but Trump, be transformed. It didn't say try to be transformed. You can't be transformed. You can be transformed. Alright? By renewing your mind. Taking every thought captive. Not your thought dragging you into all manners of things. But taking every thought captive, being sensitive, being alert, being alert. That's what I showed you yesterday. Alert. So, what is alert? This verse is quick to notice any unusual and potential dangerous or difficult circumstance. When Satan should quote a behavior, you are sensitive to know that behind the facade is the devil. Let me say something to you. Yesterday, they brought to me, uh, 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 I think it's Pastor Elizabeth who showed me a, a video of a girl, an African girl, an American, uh, Af- uh, you know, American, uh, uh, black Americans, they always claim Africa, which is very good. That's where they came from. But she was talking about the God worshipped in my own tribe called Ifa. And she said all stories about Ifa. For Yoruba children who don't know Ifa, if you listen to that girl, you will know about how Ifa came, Onumila came, Shongo, Oya, and all those things, all these deities of Yoruba people, how they came. But she now presented Ifa. The language of Ifa is what you use today as code, coding in computer science. In 
Electronics and electrical, we call it Boolean algebra. It is zero one. It is when you go to fabrics, it will it will write down zero one 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 or one zero one zero and it will interpret your life to you by it. Okay? And we're saying now that in the Western world, it is just the same thing they are talking about coding. It's one zero one zero zero one zero one. That's what they use all over the coding. And it was saying to them that Africa has been there before you. But in England, if we say to you that Satan is behind the coding, somebody will be saying that, are you mad? Okpele, it's just 011-111-001. That's Okpele, which is the urine, the, 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 the medium. Yes, the medium. Now listen to me, therefore. You must be sensitive so that anything that passes through your mind, the first thing is your sensitivity in the spirit to look for is good. But where is he coming from? Where is he coming from? All of you have discernment by the Holy Spirit to know if you can set your mind to be alert. I'm arguing with somebody and the argument is becoming hot. What do I do? Shut your mouth. That's what I do. I carry my mouth. I am the one who owns my mouth. I'm talking. I tell my mouth, stop talking. My mouth can't say I want to talk. I say I don't want to talk. You shut up. And my mouth must be quiet. Because I talk because I take what I had serious, more serious than what it is. My voice must be heard. We are arguing. Why the Bible says you should not argue? Have you not heard that by, by from Paul? So, if we start a discussion, and the discussion is becoming this, what I said, that's not what you said. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. If you say that's not what you said, that's not what you said. This is what I said. This is what I said. Equation balance. No more talk. Then to keep on a flying argument to the place you are by, your mouth now will be taken over by the devil because you are not sensitive. After all, what do we gain in the hot argument than trouble? If it is a holy event, can it produce trouble and sorrow? And bitterness and rage. There is someone behind argument whom you should have been sensitive to discern. Peace has been in this place now. We have been talking good, hugging one another, and then we argue. Argue for what? If you say this is yellow, even if I know it's not yellow, if I say it's not yellow, I say ah, ah this is yellow. I say ah, okay. No quarrel. You have right to your opinion. And I cannot say your opinion is wrong because for you it's sincerely right. What will tell us who is wrong? Time. So we will not have trouble. There will be no fighting, no quarreling. There will be no hateful. I hug you. Yellow. Good. Hug you. And we call it yellow. After all, it's a man who, who calls something yellow. All of us call it yellow. God didn't tell you that it's yellow or red. Have you? Whenever anything comes to your brain, alertness is to try to see where it's coming from. Who is behind it. Any thought. Or you see a scene. Or someone talks something to you. Says something to you. Your intention. And you can easily know. There are some statements people will make that they are, the end of the statement is so glaring. It's to take you into sin. 
Why do you dialogue it? That is the mistake Eve did. And she lost everything. I'm going to convince them. Who told you that? They are speaking out of their own conviction. If people who have met them before never convinced that opinion, who are you to think you can convince them? You go for evangelism, the person is asking questions that are funny. Just say, the Lord loves you and he blesses you. And you move away. You are not told to go and convince people. You are going to go and inform them. That's what Jesus said. I said, well, bro, I still love you. Darling, I love you. But I have to quickly, you know, move forward now. You know, the Lord will answer those questions. Period. You are not supposed to answer questions. Go and tell them about me, Jesus said. He's not saying go and argue with them. Go and check the time Paul argued. What came out of it? One of the arguments that he, he, fetched, he fetched him that they, they, they have to throw him down from the wall to the other side. Within the midnight because you are going to kill him. He had to run for his life. Am I talking to you? Being alert. Being alert. Is a very significant word in that very scripture. We go back to that very scripture now. And I finish it, Peter. Being alert. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil. Your enemy is not your father-in-law. It's not your mother-in-law. It's not your friend or your brother. No, it's not a human being. Human beings can be used by your enemy. But if you are alert, you will be able to distinguish between the man and the devil. Peter, Satan used him. And Jesus said to, to Peter, get him behind me, you devil. And Peter wondered, what? Am I a devil? And then he called Peter and came and said to him that Satan wants to swift, sift you away. Three times I prayed for you. In another, point, in other words, be careful. You must be alert. The next verse says, resist the devil. Resist him firmly in the faith. Similar to what we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 15, verse 58. Receive the devil family. 58 and, and, and 59. Receive the devil family. Be firm, be firm, be firm. In resistance. Let nothing move you, as he says. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are going to the same suffering. And I said to you that are Four, several things I gave you there. One, be self-controlled. Two, be alert. Or vigilant. Or watchful. Or attentive. Three, because Satan prowls around. Always looking for someone to devour. Four, you must resist him. Five, you must take your stand. Six, you must be firm in your, in your stand. Then seven, you must suffer sometimes while resisting the devil. You damn the consequence of suffering. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three to six it says Second Corinthians ten, three to six. For we live in this world. All right. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are they are, they have divine power to demolish stronghold. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Or we take captive every thought, or every thought captive, to make it obedience to Christ. I want you to look at this scripture and I will explain this tonight and that will be the end of our meeting tonight. We pray. But it's important. You know why, why I spend time? Trying to help you understand what, what, what really is. Because, you see, 
Understand of words put you in an advantage position. I would gather. If you don't understand words, you will be sincere in your heart, acting wrongly, but you are sincere. And when you act wrongly or you deviate, by the time you come to your knowledge that you have deviated, it may be too far for you to redeem the, the, the time. Am I talking to you? So, it's in, it, it is, those of you who are going to be preaching or who are preaching, you must know this. You can build up your theology or your divinity on false information and you will preach with the whole of your brain and intestine. But all what you are saying is just false. Because you did not understand the scripture. You misread the scripture. And you wonder. You will say, Holy Ghost gave me the revelation. Are we together now? Because all of us say, Holy Ghost gave us revelation. Alright? But the fact is this. It is not Holy Ghost who gave you revelation because Holy Ghost cannot build on falsehood. A man who misread the Bible and began to teach and began to... is Satan that is behind. All the information you are getting is from the devil. Because you must... The instruction of God concerning Bible. Study, not read. Study to show yourself. So you don't read Bible. You study. You study means you understand every word, every word. You understand the phrase. You understand why semicolon is in the word. Why, why you have a, a punctuation mark somewhere. And what really is the statement of the word. This is the problem of deliverance ministry. And many ministers. They read, but they don't understand. And they begin to develop a lot of theories over a wrong information. They are sincere, but sincerely wrong. Now, let us look at these scriptures. Let's read again, together. For though... Stop. Just click King James Version for me in that place. Let's read the King James. Alright, go back to NIV. Let's look at this word. For though we live in the world, yes, you and I, we are still on earth. And so we are prone to everything of this world. There is nothing in this world that you and I do not see or do not experience. However, he spoke about distinction for those who are in Christ. The difference between us and the people in the world is that the way they fight, we don't fight. The way they, act, they react, we don't react. In the world, somebody insults you. You must give him, he gave you one insult, you must give him two or three insults. To know that don't dare that boundary. <clears throat> when it comes to insults, I cannot be dared. <clears throat> Are you with me now? But in Christ, those insults, Jesus said, he slapped one face, cheek, turned the other cheek. And in no way does he mean physical turning, but in your reply. So, if you react <clears throat> like that, <clears throat> those in the world will call you a fool. Isn't it? They call you a fool. But at the end of the day, you will not have, follow them have high blood pressure. You will not follow them have hypertension. But theirs is high blood pressure. Theirs is headache. They will get home because of one insult. They can't sleep. The person who insulted them had gone. They don't know him. He had gone his own way. But they will keep on on their bed. How can he, how can he there? How can she there? I don't believe her. Satan will wind their brain to their detriment. 
Am I talking to you? So that is it. The way we operate, not like the people in the world. The way we act and the way we react. We cannot simulate any style or culture of the world. However, the next line you are going to read, I want to begin to look at words. What did he say? Shall we read it together now? Uh-huh. Excuse me now, this is where our problem begins to, to come up. Somebody must understand the meaning of stronghold to be able to know whatever this is talking about. Somebody must know the grammatical meaning of demolish. Am I talking to you? If someone does not understand what demolish is, he can't understand really any of the scriptures, what he's saying, neither could you understand it if you don't know what stronghold means. He said, the weapons to fight with. Which means that Christians have weapons to fight. That's the first thing. We have weapons, but we can fight with it. Many weapons are available to us. First Corinthians chapter 5, 58, it says, thank you to God who gives us victory. And here he's saying to us that we have weapons to fight with God. When God said to Joshua, I will go ahead of you to your enemies, and then you follow. Now, when Joshua followed, who, who was the one fighting? God had gone ahead to fight, but Joshua also started fighting, isn't it? The battle of Ai, you remember? When, when Joshua was fighting, and it seemed as if the, the, the night is coming, he commanded his son to stand still. So, the, the weapon that jo- Joshua had his own weapon, God had his own weapon. And if you see, the Bible says that Joshua commanded the son to stand still, which is the weapon of the word of God. The weapon of authority from your lips. And he spoke to the sun. And the revolution of the earth stopped. And the rotation of the earth around the orbit stopped. By Joshua saying to sun, stay where you are. He does not know that sun does not move. Joshua didn't know your science. It's our science now. We know that sun does not move. We know that sun changes his position. Because of the rotation of the earth around the axis. That's what caused day, day and night. But then, it also, as it's rotating for 24 hours, he's also moving along the orbits. And that's what caused your day one, day two, day three, day four, to annual year. You know, our head is hot now. As far as the, uh, Joshua is concerned, no, 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 no. Sun must not go down. So when he spoke to sun, stop at the valley of Ajalon. The Bible says there have never been a time that God answered man like that. What happened is that every element involved in revolution and rotation of the earth ceased for 24 hours. Bible said that. I studied it as a, as a land survey or animal scientist. Anybody who did Judaism or land survey will agree with me that there is a 24 hours lacuna in the calculation of the timing of this world. We studied it in surveying. You only read the Bible that the man Joshua, prophet, caused the whole trouble. The weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of this world. They are not carnal. They are not worldly. They are not worldly. Those who are worldly cannot use it because they have what? Divine power. 
That's the reason why the Bible says that, you know, separate yourself from the world so that you may renew your mind and understand what heaven is saying. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned. And if you say you come to church, you are not spiritual, you cannot discern any weapon. You have it, you don't know, you have it. Is that somebody who has AK-47 and somebody came with pistol and is bragging you. But you don't know that that thing you are carrying is AK-47. And you don't know that you only need to pull the trigger. Point your AK-47, but you can't know where the trigger is. Until the one with pistol comes near you and shoots you. Come on, let me say. This is the life of many believers. That is the reason why we are ready again and again. Don't be, don't, don't be worldly. Don't be worldly. What do you want in world? Before you came to church, did you not think well? You will have remained in Tomboba. You understand that? You don't. <laughs> you will have been going every Friday to Quenkele Mercy. You don't understand that? No, 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 no. You know, there are, there are, there are ravers. You know, those who, those who rave, isn't it? They rave. That's what I'm talking about. Instead of coming to church, you will have gone to rave, you know? Stonehenge came. You go, that's your convention. And then, in that convention, people must die every year. And it may be the turn of whoever. From one pub to the other in the night, marauding with demons of the night, going from one pub to the other, wrecking your human body, coming back home with unnecessary sickness and infirmity. So, if you do not do that, and you come do God, then do God well, my friend. Your weapons are not Ghana, take away your eyes from the world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. So that you may be able to discern all what God has given you freely. I love God. I hate Satan. So you will not see me in the institution of Satan when they go and be jumping on that demonic, they call it spirits. They take a lot of spirits. Some of them look like we. They call it whiskey. <laughs> is it, is it, am I lying? Does it not look, does it not look like we? It looks like we. And so those who name me, those those who name that demon, they make me sick. They call it whiskey. And they born again. Carry whiskey on one hand, carry his brother brandy on the other hand, and then after mixing whiskey with brandy. Then said, it's not enough. They offer you vodka. Ah, that's the one they drink in Russia. Give it to me. Come on now. Then you have Russia spirit, you have whiskey spirit, you have demons, uh, uh, brandy spirit. And then you want to now pray and face the enemy. Father! <laughs> Excuse me, somebody. No wonder they see vision also. They will see something flying this way. And then they were looking at it and using their hand like this. And nothing is flying. Hello? All manners of demons that they have taken into their body will begin to show them like that. And they will be following it. They will be following it, isn't it? And then they fall in the gutter somewhere. It won't be your portion. The Bible says, Woe to he that tarry by strong drink. Mixing one with the other. Am I talking with you? That teacher tells me that the weapons of our warfare are not part of this world. He said they have divine, on the contrary opposite, they have what? Divine power to demolish. But divine power can only be operated by divine people. 
fight in the morning. Some Christians, when they wake up in the morning, before evening in their marriage, they must have a fight. Who is controlling you? If there is no fight, they will look for it. God didn't call you to fight. He called you to peace. You can't use your money to go and marry and, and, we, we, and paid all manners of money. People ate and drank, thanking God for you, only for you to get to your house, and then you keep fighting. The person, the third one who is fighting, you better kick him out of your midst. But how can you know that if you are worldly? I've said some people say that ah, in, in every marriage they fight. Who told you that? Who told you they fight? Disagreement doesn't mean fighting. A marriage that they fight, devil is the controller. A marriage that they disagree and they cannot agree on anything, devil is the god of that marriage. Because if God is in a marriage, you may disagree, but you will agree. You have to disagree because you are thinking in different life levels. But because God is the center, you agree again. And you move on. Enjoy your life. It's a command. Enjoy your life. But if you set your heart on earthly things, you can never discern divine weapon. Am I talking to you? Let me tell you. It's good I can tell this. This month is April, isn't it? It will be 40 years that, uh, is, am I talking? No, 1973 to 19, to 2023. 20, That's 50 years. I met my wife. Okay? It will be 30th of this month. It will be 40 years we have been married. Excuse me. Ah, ah, ah. Before you clap, let me tell you. Have I ever disagreed with her? Even today? Oh, yes. Has she ever disagreed with me? If she did not disagree, I will ask her, why don't you say no? Why don't you say no? Everything, yes, sir, yes, sir. Okay, say no, sir. Why? Because if it is yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, I'm finished. Okay? But if it says to me, no, it gives me an opportunity to rethink. Because in marriage, one man don't see everything. Man look straight, they don't look white. Woman looks short and white. Man may decide that he will turn mountain to road tomorrow. And woman can say, tomorrow is too short. Think very well. With what will you turn the mountain to road? You need dynamite. You need to grid it. You need to cut it little by little by little with dynamite. This dynamite, do you really have it? The quantity of dynamite must be equivalent to the height and the volume of the mountain. If you put one dynamite, how many rock will you blast? How many hours will it take you? So, then the man will say, all right. So, we won't blast it in one day. <laughs> we, shall go back. we shall go back to the drawing board and consider 
But if it is yes, yes, everything is yes, 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 it's Emily you married. Come on, let me tell you this. <laughs> let me tell you this, therefore. Why have we been able to stay for 40 years together? Because of what I'm teaching you. I have in my premonition that I didn't marry a dance. I had in the knowledge of God that I marry a suitable helper. And I cannot obsolete her and reach my destiny. Because as far as God is concerned, we will get there together. Alright? Moses cannot do it with Joshua. Joshua cannot do it with Moses. Joshua cannot say that now God has said I'm the one who will lead them. Moses, I don't need you. He won't get anywhere. Until Moses finishes his assignment, before the assignment of Joshua begins. Excuse me, somebody. So, what made us for those years, up till now, my love for her is just like yesterday, before 50 years ago we met. My love did not diminish, neither did it increase. Because when I love, I love by God. God said, this is your wife, period. And God never said any other thing. And I used this in my mouth to tell her the first day I met her, you are my wife. This is what God told me. And God has not said, he's not your wife. And I tell you <clears throat> this, <clears throat> will God say that? He won't say that. But, haven't God given your wife to you and given your husband to you? If I started by slapping her every day, say, I slap her in the morning, that, that is breakfast. <laughs> in the evening, I give her that I say, that is dinner. I'm sure that she will not spend maybe three days or ten days with me. Even if they beg her with all money to come and stay, she will tell the parents that I can. Pastor, say, please stay there. Say, Pastor, you need to go and marry that man. I cannot stay there. She will have run away, isn't it? Aha. Uh -huh. The same thing, if every time that we have an issue, I remind her about all what I open a book of remembrance on, in the years 20, uh, uh, you did this exactly October 5. And then this, another October 5. You are doing the same thing. No change. I think that somebody will rethink. Both me and him huh, will rethink. Are we together now? If you have difference in your own marriage, something is wrong with somebody. Am I talking to you? That's it just says that the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. The spirit that caused dispute in marriage and caused all these hurts, you cannot see them. And your reaction to actions in your marriage cannot be the way your friend over there does it, but the way the Bible says it. Your weapons are not Canal. They are not weapons of this world. Or else you will not be able to demolish stronghold. God give us peace. But we have to maintain the peace. God give us wealth. We have to maintain the wealth. God give us healing. We have to maintain the healing. By standing firm with God. And nothing will shake us. Now. The rest part of the word, the scripture says, we demolish what? Put, we have strong goal and demolition. Then, we demolish what? Argument. So, the first one says we demolish strong goal. So, for you to understand more about strong goal, he says we demolish argument. Have I not covered that? Yes, Come on now. Okay? Then, and every word, pretension. What is pretension? I will tell you in a minute. So we demolish one, strong goal number one, two, argument number two, and three, 
pretension. But demolish is synonymous to stronghold, argument, and pretension. It's the common denominator of the three. So demolish has a great power, and we must understand what demolish means. But it says that pretension must be the pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of what? God. <clears throat> that pretension is not talking about pretend. And I will show you what it is now. Then it says, and we do what? Shall we read it together? We take? Uh-huh. Mm. So, stronghold, argument, pretension are functions of thoughts. Am I with you? Why would you allow your thoughts about somebody make you hate that person? You have not even talked to him. You just had a thought and you just base your action over that thought. Why should you fear? Because a thought came to your mind. Don't you know demons smell fear like dogs smell fear? If you go into a place where there is a wild dog, the moment you have fear, that wild dog will come for you straight. It will come for you. But if you are a person who didn't have fear, you don't smell fear, the dog may go, whoa, 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 and you are keep moving. You keep moving. And there is no fear in you. The dog will not hurt you. That's what dogs are. Demons are the same. Now, understand this. You must. Argument you demolish. Pretension you demolish. And then, stronghold you demolish. But the pretension is a pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought, not some thought, any thought that comes to your mind, you must take it captive what? To make it obedient to Christ. That's why I said to you that God first, not marriage first. If you miss God, marriage will not stand. A marriage that miss God as priority will not stand. Am I talking to you? All of you who are yet to be married, I pray that God will be the center of your marriage. That's why you can't marry somebody out of pity. You marry people out of God. And you make God center. But every thought that you think must be taken captive to obey the word of God. That is Christ. That is how you maintain victory. And then, finally, what did he say? We'll be ready to do what? We will be ready to do what? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Taking every thought captive. That's your first function. And then, ready to punish every disobedience. But your own obedience must be complete. A person who is not completely obedient to God cannot do those things. That's what the scripture is saying. Am I with you? I have four, five, five more minutes. But you must understand the scripture. Some of you may need to go and listen again to understand what I'm saying. You know the word, be ready to punish. The word punish means inflict a penalty or sanction on someone 
In this case, it's demons. As retribution for an offense, especially a transgression of a legal or moral code. That is punishment. So, what offense? Who do you punish? The Bible says you must punish the spirits that talk in your mind. For talking to your mind, he has contravened the spiritual code. Which says, God warned kings concerning them, saying, touch not God's anointed. You must pass your sanction against any thought that comes to you, and you check it by the word of God, and you discover that it's from the pit of hell. Instantly, don't, don't just say, I will not do it. Bind the spirit that brought that, that thought. Cast it to hell in the name of Jesus. Destroy the hold of that spirit. Set free people all around you who are undergoing such affliction from the infantry of that demon. It will not succeed. That is sanction. And you have the right to sanction. I love this sanction this a lot. It, it, any legal word that we read, if we look at the meaning, the meaning in English explain the legality because the scripture says that anything that has contravened moral codes this guy who write these scriptures this uh, interpretation this dictionary they are not necessarily born again but they're just speaking let me say this to you in pleading before a judge of the world your understanding and interpretation of words can set a prisoner free the guilty can go unpunished because of your understanding of interpretation of words and then your application of it will baffle the, the, the judge. Because what you are saying is just the right interpretation of that word. That word may be a mistaken word put in the codes. This is how they change laws. I don't know how many... I have five more minutes, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to tell you how the neighborhood principle came about. Somebody went and bought, very good, I'll tell you. Somebody went to, a, 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 in a layman's way, somebody went to a, a, a shop and bought ginger ale. And then he opened it in the restaurant or whatever, and he poured it into the glass and he drank it. Then after drinking it, he discovered that there was a rotten frog in that ginger ale bottle. Snail, snail. A rotten snail, yeah, snail, in that ginger bottle. Now, let me listen, let me hear you this. So, as far as the law is concerned before that time, the person who sold the ginger is guilty. Because he's the one who sold me ginger bottle and which contains snail, I have drank poison. That is the law. But when they brought the case to the court, Lord Atkins stood up and said, the matter we are talking about can be resolved by Bible indirectly. He said, there is a saying that says, love your neighbor as yourself. That guy must be a born again Christian. And he says now, the fact is this, the question is, who is your neighbor? And that's why he divine neighbor. What neighbor is? According to the right script interpretation in the Bible. It is in law court. He said, your neighbor is anyone. That you should have in your contemplation when you are directing your act. So that in your contemplation you must have that person in your mind that 
your ass can affect him whichever way. So in this case, the company who manufactured the ginger ale are the ones who were negligent to allow snail to be bottled in the bottle. The one who bought it did not have any intention. But the one who manufactured it have intention to the consumers. Isn't it? The one who bought you something. He knew that they want to buy from me and drink it. And he had the obligation to make sure he observed all the health law to do it. So how can you now blame the one who didn't know? He just bought. He just, what he bought is what he sold. And that is how that law was changed. Similarly to you, if you know the meaning of word, when you kneel down to speak, you will not be too long to get answer. Because God, we plead to God. That's what we do. We are advocates. We pray on behalf of people. Can you imagine somebody praying because on behalf of people and he's talking fast? He doesn't understand the meaning of the word he's using. One of the reasons why people lose victory or it takes a long time to get victory. In conclusion, you must be ready to punish every act of disobedience, but your obedience must be complete. Now, write this down. Some words I've mentioned here. One is punish. And you can see the meaning of punish. The second is demolish. That we hear again and again. Demolish stronghold, demolish argument, demolish pretension. Demolish means pull down or tear down. That is totally obliterate. Take it out. So, when it comes to stronghold, out, take it out. Arguments, take it out. Pretension, take it out. Now, what is pretension? Pretension is a claim or assertion of a claim to something. A claim or assertion of a claim to something. A thought came to me that I have cancer. Is it by thought they have cancer? I rebuke it in the name of Jesus straight away. That is a claim. I don't have it. For me to say I have a particular disease, I have to go to medical doctors who are trained to know how to test and tell you what disease you have. Pretension is a claim. And that happened in the realm of mind. Let me say this. It can destroy marriage if you are not understanding Oh, I suspect my husband that he's doing this. You don't suspect. If your husband, ask him. Is this what you are doing? If your wife, ask her. Is this what you are doing? Pretension is to have a particular thought which lay a claim. It's pretension. It comes from the pits of hell, from demons of hell. They use it to wreck life, wreck marriage, wreck institution. You may call it suspicion, but it's a claim that is pretension. What about stronghold? It's a place that has been fortified so as to protect it against attack. Interesting. So stronghold can happen in your mind. Who is the one who fortified this? Satan. Who is the one who will attack it? You. Because you are supposed to pull down the stronghold, demolish argument and pretension. And now the issue is that there are some people who have a, a particular way of behavior. It has become stronghold. Because no matter what you tell them, they cannot change. They will say, okay, I will change. I know it's not good. But they can't change because it has become stronghold. When Satan builds stronghold, it takes a time for him to. He, he, he begins to develop 
they thought, they thought. Again and again, you accept it, you accept it, you are until he had totally fortified himself with enough demons to make sure that you are enslaved by that attitude. That's a stronghold. It will be very hard for you to destroy any stronghold of the devil if your weapon is not true God. What causes problem for many of us? We have to pray about it. Let's say that my wife just totally disagree with me. Okay? And I can't find her to agree. What do I do? I succumb. I say, yes, yes, I agree with what you say. Do I don't? It's not a sin. It's not a sin. This thing is a stronghold in her. And I cannot demolish it except by divine weapon. Divine weapon does not operate where there is disagreement. So I have to agree. Not because I love it or accept it. What will I do after agreement? I go to my knees and demolish it by prayer. It is she who will come and tell me that. You know that thing that I, I said? No, 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 no. What you said is right. Because already I have accepted with her. We are peace. No, peace must be in the house. We are because, of course, if there's no peace, my grand rise next to tomorrow will not be. <laughs> and I tell you, I can't fight to, to make myself hungry. I can't do that. I can't do that. I mean, the delicious, delicacy soup and stuff. You want to cook, you want her to cook it and say, praise that you are just the only woman. There's nobody on the whole, the whole heaven. Ah, good. But I go on my knees and pray. And I taught my wife this. Where I really disagree with you and you you can't get me on this. Just go on your knees. And a number of times that we come to that, that uh, 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 position, she go and pray. And then the Lord will speak to my mind that what she was discussing about, why don't you consider what she said? I'll go to her and say that, oh, do you know what? God spoke to me now. And that's it. And we have resolved. It doesn't have to be my opinion. Am I talking to you? I'm talking about stronghold. A stronghold is when what Satan will build in human mind, but he will fortify it against any onslaught, any attack. And the Bible says we should demolish stronghold, demolish pretension, demolish argument. But we cannot demolish it by the weapons of this world. We have to demolish it by the weapons of the Spirit. I think I have one more definition here before pens up and pens down. So, I've, def I've defined to you demolish. I've defined to you stronghold. Let me define arguments. I've defined pretension. Argument is an exchange of divergent or opposite view. That's argument. That's what causes argument. In argument, I have this view, you have this view. So how do you do? Submit it to Christ. And there's no there's peace. I will together now on both sides. And the final one is thoughts. Taking every thought captive. What is thought? Idea or opinion produced by thinking. Or occurring suddenly in the mind. That is thought. Idea or opinion produced by thinking. That is you begin to 
think about something and is developing more thoughts, more thoughts, more thoughts, and it will become something. Or a sudden occurrence in your mind. I would gather that's the reason why the Bible says, taking every thought captive. Living in victory. You can live in victory. Because the Bible says, thanks be to God. He always gave us victory. You can live the rest of your life in victory. If you understand this principle and you put them to, to, up to, to, to action. Let's stand up together on our feet. Tomorrow we will look at the second part of living in victory. The armor of warfare. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. But today, he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are, they are mighty true God or have divine power to demolish stronghold, demolish argument, demolish pretension, and that sets itself against the knowledge of God. You have known what stronghold is. You have known what argument is. You have known what pretension is. You have known what demolish means. He says, that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive. You have known what the word is. Every thought, the thoughts of man. To make it obedient. And, they, and we are ready to punish every act of disobedience. The first way I'm going to pray is this. Lord, thank you for the revelation of tonight. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Thank God for giving us such an insight. It makes warfare so simple. It makes warfare within our reach. Thank God. <clears throat> According to 1 Corinthians 15, 58, 58 and 59. Thanks be to God who gives us victory. Give God thanks. Who gives us victory all the time? Yes, it's 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. Thank God who gives you victory. Thank God who delights in us having victory. There is no defeat in God. There is no defeat for the children of God. Now begin to pray. Lord, enable me to stand firm. Enable me, Lord God, to stand firm in the days of travail, in the days that the devil will come against me. Corinthians chapter 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now it is God who makes both of us to stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership on us. And put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what he is to come. Verse 21 and 22. Thank God. Ask him to make you strong in every area of weakness. Lord, help us. Strengthen us. <clears throat> Strengthen us. Make us stand firm. Everyone's weaknesses, Lord, bring strength, oh God. Bring strength, O oh God. Help us to stand firm, 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 firm. So that Satan will not be able to outwit us. 
Oh my God. Pray that the Lord will give you the spirit of discernment. So that you can discern the devil. You can be alert. Day and night. You can be alert. So that the enemy will not be able to shipwreck you. Tell the Lord. Help me Lord to be alert day and night. When I'm sleeping let me be more alert. Those who have nightmares. It's God they are not alert when they are sleeping. They sleep and that's the end of their life. Tell the Lord. Enable me to demolish strongholds. To demolish arguments. To demolish every pretension. <clears throat> that set itself up against the knowledge of God. To take every thought captive. <clears throat> Tell the Lord, don't let my mind direct me. Help me to take every thought captive. Every thought captive. Tell God, I want to live in the victory that you have wrought for me. I want to maintain the victory that you have given me. <clears throat> Every fear, I rebuke them out of my life. Spirit of fear, depart from me and never come again. After you have done exam, why are you entertaining fear that you will fail? Who told you you will fail? You went for interview that you were passed already and you leave the interview, you are thinking that you have failed. Who told you that the devil, the devil, the devil... You are not given the spirit of fear, and so we command fear to depart. Fear, get out, get out, get out, get out. In the name of Jesus, no matter what the doctor has said about your, your condition, doctor does not have the last say about your life. God said, with long life will I satisfy you. Rebuke fear that think you will die. You will not die but leave. Tell the Lord, help my soul, help my mind, demolish every pretension, demolish every argument. By the blood of Jesus, every stronghold be pulled down. Every thought be refined by fire, fire, fire of God. Refine my thoughts. Help me to think like God. Tell the Lord, help me to speak like God will speak. Holy Spirit, put words in my mouth every time. Put ideas in my mind. Assign your messenger at the door of my heart. Assign your messenger at the door of my lips. Punish every disobedient power to do so. Help me from today. I will not fall a victim of any mindset from the devil. Any thoughts from the devil, I will cast them down by the power of Jesus Christ. Help me, O oh God, to cast down vain imagination. Some of you have people you hate. Rebuke that spirit of hatred in you. You must love all mankind. Whether good or bad is not your business. You must love everyone. God so loved the world. Don't you think God, do you think God doesn't know what he's doing by loving his world, loving the sinners? You can hate sin, but you must love sinners. Oh Lord! If you have been having quarrel and fighting with people, you better pray that God will deliver you. The spirit that, that fight, break loose in the name of Jesus Christ and out of the lives of people. Thank you, thank you, thank you Lord God. The spirit of disobedience will rebuke them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Captives is set free by the blood of the Lamb. Captive is set free 
by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jehovah. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Thank you, Father, the Prince of Peace. We receive your peace in every heart, in every life, in every home, and in every body. Father, we receive your peace to the place where we can give peace to others. In Jesus' anointed name we pray tonight. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Hallelujah. Please be seated. I will call Pastor. Please be seated, Pastor. Uh, don't go up yet. He will, he will tell you to go up. Pastor, tired to come and give announcement. Today is uh, Saturday, so we will give announcement. But do you know something? The Lord told me to tell you this. That, know this. There are some statements Jesus made that we don't really, you know, um, uh, put our heart in them. And because of that, we lose a lot. You know, Jesus told me when we were praying here now that, do you know, when I sent the 12 and 72, I said, any house that you enter and there's a man of peace there, I want you to search your heart. Anyone that you are fighting with or you are not giving peace, that your conduct is giving them sorrow. Your conduct is making them to question God. And then get rid of them in your heart. And tonight, pick your phone, call them, and be at peace. There are people that God surrounds us with. By relationship, by church, by family. That we must be at peace with. And if we are not at peace with them, they will be slandering the God we serve. They will be calling you hypocrites behind you. I say it goes to the church. Apostle Williams is not like that. I don't know who this one is following. Oh, yes. Because Apostle Williams is at peace with everybody. Your conduct does not stop me from loving you. That's the fact. I can separate man from his conduct and love the man and hate the conduct. I copied it from Jesus. So if you know anybody, maybe your in-law or anybody, anybody God has brought around you, by bad relationship or church and you your conduct is depriving their peace how will you have peace yourself because Jesus said to the disciples he told me now he said peace can only be given to a man of peace I would mean that any house you enter if there is a man of peace there leave your peace with them he said pastor Tyre please Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we thank God for tonight, day one, victory night, for the month of April. I'd like to warmly welcome anyone who's joined us for the very first time. If you're in the auditorium and you're joining us for the very first time, can I request that you please raise up your hand wherever you are. If you're in the auditorium, anyone in the auditorium join us for the very first time? Yes? No? Not sure? shy like me praise the lord 
Well, I'd like to extend a warm welcome to anyone who might be joining us online for the very first time. Thank you for being a part of today's service. We trust that you have been blessed. Please let us know you've joined by sending us an email to admin at cftchurches.org. Admin at cftchurches.org. Let us know the city and the nation you've joined us from, and the Lord bless you richly. I'll try and keep the announcement very short and sweet this evening, because of course we'll be back here within the next how many hours? Twelve hours. Within the next, sorry? Two hours. Few hours. Okay. All right. Well, for those who are worshiping at Bethesda, we'll be back here within the next ten hours, I expect. Around about ten hours. But for those of us who are worshiping as well at Bethesda, please please note that it's not twelve hours or ten hours, it's kind of like nine hours. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In fact, if you do it at nine hours, if you get out of bed in nine hours, you'll already be running late. Because we need to be back we need to be at Bethesda on Sunday tomorrow at seven PM. Why do I keep saying PM? 7 a.m. for the start in the morning. So, services tomorrow. Palm Sunday? Yes? You got the palms ready? You're not sure. Okay. We need to create the palms. If you don't have it, and we'll, we'll, we've got something. No, I mean, I don't. I don't want. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. I won't tell Mommy Yoma that you said that. In fact, I would not point out those who, who, who pointed. Who pointed? I would not, I wouldn't say anything. You're on your own. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So please ensure that we come in. It's it's significant. We talk about it briefly, but Palm Sunday is really significant. We need to recognize why we celebrate as a church Palm Sunday. And as a church, I mean the body of Christ celebrating Palm Sunday. This week, we lead into Passion Week. And it's a time of reflection as well for us as a, as a people. It is important that we just don't do... It's not just about the chocolates and the Easter eggs. It's about the cross. It's about who Christ is and how he lives in us and through us. And how we should ensure that tonight all those that you have held grudges against you call them. That's the life of Christ. That's the reflection. Praise the Lord. So let's ensure that tomorrow we come ready to celebrate, ready to be a part of what God is doing in our midst. So 7 a.m., services start at uh, at Bethesda, intercessory prayers. The service starts at 8 a.m. Here at Cathedral, 9 a.m., intercessory prayers, and the service starts at 10. Tomorrow evening, day two of Victory Night, we'll be having that online, and it will be at 8 p.m. Please note that Apostle will carry on the teaching about walking in victory at 8 p.m. The meeting will be 8 p.m., not 9 as we normally have it. On, on. So that's what makes the distinction. 8 p.m. starts. And of course, there will be no home groups tomorrow as, as part of that process. And of course, again, Monday we'll be back here. Victory night, day 3. And we would have, we'll have our communion service at 8 p.m. I'll stop there. I have a longer list of announcements, but we'll hear a longer version of our announcements tomorrow during the church services about the program for the week and all of the activities and the Lord bless you richly praise the Lord Amen shall we rise up together please choir please mount your podium I'm sure you have been blessed today when you get home 
turn every word you have had into prayer. You know, after God has spoken, if we can pray, we will discover that we will pray ourselves into what God has said. And it's not a prayer of one time. For now, you must continue to pray. Any victory God gives you, you must maintain. And you must not lose battle. But the way to it is what we have said. Can I say that tomorrow, I will be looking into the last chapter that starts lecture on put on the whole armor of God in the morning. Because I need this kind of posture for that lecture for television. And in the night tomorrow, we'll be doing summary of all these things that I've been teaching you. That's what I'll do in the night. But in the morning, I will teach you about putting on the full armor of God. Let me say, when people are struck by arrow of Satan, it's because there is a loose armor. The arrow of Satan is not supposed to strike us and put us down. That is a loose armor. If people or, or, or when believers are hindered by Lucifer, it is because there is a loose armor. I will help you to understand how it works from the scripture and from experience of occultism. And that will help you very much informed. Of course, we look at occultism practice in the West, Western world. You need to know it because this part of the world are more occultic than Africa. Europe is the dark continent, not Africa. And America and Europe, the occultic practices that go on in America and Europe outnumber even what go in India. They have 300 million gods. So, but we need to have understanding. So I will teach it in the morning so that we can have full recording. But at the same time, we're going to be looking at Jesus, you know, riding the donkey to Jerusalem, about 15 minutes, and then I will go into our lecture. I'm sure that you cannot wait for tomorrow. A day like tomorrow is a day for Christians to invite their friends because everybody loves festive season and they would love to come to church and see. Uh, if you did not buy a palm uh, over the time till today, Pastor has been making announcement about palm tree, palm leaf. They sell it in Depot Market. So if you didn't go there, I'm sure that in uh, around us here in Woolwich they will sell it. So we are going to wave our palm tomorrow, and uh, I will talk to you about the uh, the pilgrimage to Israel, because those of us who have gone to Israel and those who will go with me to Israel now, the very road Jesus walked through, while they were singing "Ride on, Ride on, in Majesty," we will all walk through that very exact road. He said yesterday, today, really tomorrow there will be a service in in uh, Jerusalem where some Christians from all over the world that have joined them together with the Christians in Palestine they will take a, a donkey and they will be riding and they will ride through that road there is a lot about that road which I will tell you tomorrow so if you have not put down your name to go to Jerusalem the next trip you must not go for any any, what do you call it? Holiday. You don't go to all this, your uh, Dubai, um, Arab Emirates, uh, Toronto, unless you go first to 
to the holiday. You will never regret it. You will never regret it. The very, the very grave where Jesus was buried is, is protected. I will show you the general grave people go to, but we will now show you the very one that Jesus was lying when the angel rolled the stone away. We will go there with our feet. When you get there, you know that that's the real one. Different from what they are portraying. So, it is a, at least a journey once in your life. When you go once, I won't tell you what will happen to you. You would like to go every time. But it's a very good place to go one because we cannot go everywhere in one journey. We go to some places and other journeys, we add more places which you have to take away from uh, some more, more places. So, make sure you get yourself ready for the journey. Shall we just read together the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is thy kingdom, thy power and thy glory, forever and ever. Amen. Shall we lift up our right hand before the Lord as we read together Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now, may the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. General grace to somebody. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now. To yourself, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May God send you help from his sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May God remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May God give you all the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. We will all shout for joy when we are victorious and we shall be victorious in every battle. We will lift up our banner in the name of our God. May the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, may he open a book of remembrance concerning you. And may the God of Bethel, who appeared unto Abraham and to Jacob at Bethel, may he reveal himself to you, turning your dream into visions. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' anointed name. Amen. There shall be shouts of blessing, it will fall in your house.
said this. God told me and I said, I'll tell you. Everyone who has business in this house, Monday, when we have the third day, bring anything that has to do with your business in your hand. And Monday will be anointing service for everybody. I have an instruction from the Lord to do something on Monday, which is the third. I think it's the third. Concerning our areas of business. God bless you and see you tomorrow. Dickiness Angelina, please come straight away and see Apostle.